This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Good morning. Last Good morning. Starbucks of January. It's crazy. Okay. Like we are, uh, we are creeping up on spring training. Yeah, actually, you know what? I was wondering where you were going with this. You're like, last Starbucks. I'm like, oh, we just did this for New Year's. Last Starbucks but, uh, of January. Next month, pitchers and catchers report. We're about two and a half weeks away yeah that is crazy like it's crazy to think about this like we're one twelfth of the way through 2024 almost already yeah time's flying by it, it's the worst it is the worst <laughs> oh man no but honestly it is it's it's weird like i'm i think i talked about it a little bit this week but it's like i'm hitting that stage like it's it's actually hitting me that baseball is coming and i'm getting really excited about it so I don't know where you're at. And again, we've we have our issues with the Pirates and the way they performed in this offseason to lead up to the 2024 season. But regardless, just baseball in general, like I'm ready for the season to start. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, football's basically over, so you're done there. Yeah, your you Ravens know. are done. Everyone knows, too, that, you know, I'm a Louisville basketball fan, so I'm checked out there. So there's just nothing going on. Really, uh, from a sports fandom standpoint, for me, so yeah, I'm, I am also absolutely ready for baseball to start. It's exciting stuff. It yeah. is exciting stuff. If you're weird like us, I guess it's exciting. Every year's exciting because, like, there's all. I mean, you always have a little bit of hope. Everybody starts off zero and zero. Anything can happen. We've seen it. Yeah, for sure. Even with all the bad, they're still good. And I'm not saying that for this year. I'm just saying in general. Like, even with, we've endured some really, really bad. But even with the bad, there was still some good, right? And and I think this year for sure, like, oh, no, Cruz is coming back. Like, that's exciting me so much right now. Just, yeah, I think we've... We get to and finally we've talked about hopefully that. see his Yeah, and we've talked, we've talked about that. Like, even, even in a bad season, right? There's 162 opportunities for, like, cool stuff to happen. Like, that's that's what's fun about baseball is even when you're bad, Bad teams are still going to give you a handful of like really cool moments every year. Now, hopefully the Pirates aren't bad this year. Hopefully they're good. And so we've got more than a handful. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season to, to start. Well, I think what we're going to do this, this show, which is a good opportunity. You know, we've been talking a lot about whatever moves that do happen, right? As they, as they happen and such, what they should do and such. But like there is, like you said, like two and a half weeks till pitchers and catches report. I mean, times time is ticking now, too. I mean, this offseason is about to close. The season's about to begin here soon. So like teams need to step up and start making some moves because there is a lot of free agents still available. I mean, and again, like we keep talking as pirate fans, like each day that passes, there's less out there to get, but there is still quite a few free agents in totality. So Maybe we can talk about some free agents that, you know, maybe the Pirates are or should be targeting. Um, maybe even like some trade targets or such. Um, because, you know, again, like the last move that was made with Aroldis Chapman, I think a lot of fans were kind of blindsided by that. Wasn't expecting that type of a move. But, you know, we've discussed at length about, you know, what it does for this team. But starting pitching still a need. And now that Alex Wood has gone, um, and then uh, Paxton is gone. It's like, all right, buddy, what's left? Yeah, I mean, you've got to assume that 
Snell and Montgomery are off the table. Just, I, I mean, I think the Pirates are certainly capable of finding the money to to get those guys. It's just right. based off of the behaviors that we've that we've tracked for thirty plus years following this team. It's just likely not a thing that's going to happen, right? So if you take those two guys off the board, then you start looking at the rest of the guys, and you're pretty much left with two names, I think, who are actually somewhat capable arms. Um, and that's Mike Clevenger and Michael Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. I think those are like your two your two guys that like, you know, if you bring in one of those two guys, then you at least are bringing in someone that you feel comfortable starting the season in the in the rotation i'm still even a little bit skeptical on someone like lorenzen uh just because last year was really his first full year starting uh and you saw how he kind of broke down towards the end of the year right um clevenger comes with his concerns as well right from, from you know multiple uh you know there's some character issues there with clevenger too i'm not i'm not as anti clevenger as i am um some some of some other guys because Clevenger's never been suspended for anything. Like he was he was cleared after an investigation. So like I'm willing to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt than other guys. Um but I think those are pretty much the two names right now where like if you can't get one of those two guys and if you can't spring a trade, which we'll talk about later, then you didn't do a good job this offseason. You're pretty much hoping and praying that the internal options do hit. I'm with you. Um, you know, on the graphic, I have Jordan Montgomery because, well, he could be an option. Like, I certainly think the Pirates could make that move. And what would that move do? Put them at about $100 million payroll. Ooh. <laughs> Right, right. Can't do that. But, you know, that's what we're talking about. I mean, you, you already signed Chapman for $10 million as a reliever. So if you're actually going to sign like a legit starter, a lefty starter at that too, for about $20 million a year, I mean, like that's the move that makes this rotation feel good. You already have Mitch Keller there, right? And we've talked about the other guys. I mean, like if you squint hard enough, you can see good stuff out of them. But there's still some risk for, you know, quite a few of them also. But you add someone like Jordan Montgomery in there to stabilize it. Now you're able to play with a little more risk because you, you, you're comfortable knowing at least two of the guys, again, probably three health-wise, right, will, will last the whole entire year. So now it's plug and play for two spots instead of three spots. And I'm good with that. I'm much better with that. But like you said, chances are because of the 30-year past, what we've seen them do, though, again, they did make the Chapman signing. Um I'm not leaning towards that way. So Michael Lorenzen does make some sense. Uh, I know what you're saying. And, and of course, that's his risk and probably why he's still available in that sense. Uh, someone said here, you know, Ryu. I don't hate that. But again, like that's just another one of like, this is another addition of what we already have. It's just a lot of risk. Yep. Who is that guy again? You know, it's been back to back years where he hasn't even put up over 52 innings. Right. And, 2021, he had 169 and 2752. They weren't all that good or solid. So it's like, what are you really getting? You know, again, it's just adding to the the jumble that's already here. Um, so then, yeah, you, like you said, you're, you're kind of looking for a trade. But yeah. Someone in the chat here brings up, you know, if they sign Chapman, would they sign Julio Urias? And I think the, the big difference here is that Julio Urias is still under like there is still an ongoing domestic violence investigation going against him. Um, It it was just turned over to the Los Angeles County police department. There's not going to be felony charges, but there could certainly be misdemeanor charges. Also MLB has yet to, you know, hand down anything there. And you've got to assume that like, if he's slapped with misdemeanor, if he's slapped with any sort of charges, like, Major League Baseball is going to be suspending Julio Urias for a little bit of next season. So I think he is completely off limits for not only a team like the Pirates, but I think for like all of Major League Baseball in general. Like they're not, I don't think anyone's going to touch him until until all that's 
figured out. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Jim. The, the one team that could probably afford to touch him right now is the team that he was with, and they're not touching him. So, yeah, can I say something? Like, I'm with you also. There is a there is a clear difference here. Um, talented arm. We we know the talent that's there. Mm-hmm. But, right, you're just not simply doing that at this point in time. Yeah, I think, I think that's out of the equation. Um, and then, like, just looking at the other names, like Brandon Woodruff is somebody who would be interesting. But, again, he doesn't help your 2024 team. Uh, I'd be completely open to, to giving Brandon Woodruff a three-, four-year deal, right, for the future. But that doesn't directly impact this 2024 team. Um, I, I, I get what you're saying with Montgomery. Like it's probably a 20, he's probably getting 22 to $24 million a year, which is something the pirates can afford, you know, but he's also probably getting like four or five years. So like, do you, do you see the pirates handing out a hundred million dollar deal to Jordan Montgomery? No, again, no, I don't. Yeah. We know that's not happening, but it certainly could. Like they're they've put themselves in that position to do so, and there's not any greater year of that dire need to do it than this year. You know that's where I'm at. We know there's a lot of pitching coming the pipeline, that's for sure. But that shouldn't that shouldn't keep you from investing into this year because you could certainly just use those as trade chips later. Because you know what. You already have a Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, and now look, I mean, don't get me wrong. He fits perfect here, right? Like, if you could sign him long-term, and then you've got Keller, him, and then that's like, and then Oviedo coming back, too. you got to kind of assume he's at least, you know, going to gonna bounce back here and, and join, rejoin the starting rotation. But you've got Keller Montgomery going forward. That just is a lot better next off season too cuz cuz what's going to end up happening here is if these young guys don't hit cuz they're not all going to hit you're going to have to go next right. year and do this exact same thing again right like if next year we've got Keller and say we've got Skeens and one other guy you still have to go out there and find two more guys so uh yeah I, Montgomery fits well uh, I I'm not going to deny that he doesn't fit well I just there's there's no, I just don't see this team signing Jordan Montgomery. So I'm with you. I would be shocked. It but, would be the most shocking thing they've done, maybe ever, to be honest with you. Uh, you could argue it. Yeah, uh, I mean, the pause, I think, says it all. You have to actually, yeah. like, something as stupid as that <laughs> makes you think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like that, that says was all that you need. It would be their biggest signing of all time. Yeah. And not even close. But, but, you know, we always hear it takes two to tango, right? And like Jordan Montgomery, we need to want to be here. And that's something that it seems like most free agents haven't been saying to the Pirates. But I think it, this one's also a little bit different because it's not as if he's looking at a one-year, hey, reset my value type of deal where it's like, you know, the Pirates aren't that, they ain't that team to do that with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also since like he's, He's not younger, like, you know, coming from like Japan, right? Being younger that you probably could go ahead and achieve another big contract. Like this is probably his biggest opportunity to, to strike, right? He probably gets signed. If he gets a four year, five year deal, probably sign again, but those are like your one year deals afterwards and such. So like this time you're probably looking to take the most money, if that makes sense, right? That's the factor in this contract for Jordan Montgomery, much like Blake Snell. This is their time that you're cashing in. So the Pirates are able to is willing to cash in. I think he would probably agree. I'll say this: his chances of agreeing are probably more likely than other other guys. So, like, I don't think there's like an opportunity where the Pirates could probably give him the most money, and he still says no. So, uh, so yeah, like it could certainly happen. And like what this also does for you too, and I hate to say this in that sense, but like what it also does is, like I said, it works for this year, but in the future, like you say. But like if Mitch Keller's just not working out for that extension, like you, you at least have the ability that you already have Montgomery here. You could trade Mitch Keller. You're not any worse than you are today. Like you're getting at is you're not in the same position, but you're also not any worse if you want to trade Mitch Keller because it ain't working. But at least you have something to to take from him or you recoup that value opposed to trading him and then being left with literally nothing. Yeah. I think the ultimate goal is to extend Keller. But yeah, but yeah, like if you have if you have Montgomery it makes it a little bit easier to swallow, right? Not not being able to keep him long-term. 
Um, but no, I mean, Montgomery makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. I just, I don't see it happening. Just don't see it happening. I would, I would put the Pirates' chances at landing Montgomery at like less than one percent. I'm with you. Again, it's tantalizing though, and, and it's even more. It helps you this year, but like you're saying, you're saying, Jim. I mean, think about 2025 when you do have a Mitch Keller. Montgomery, Oviedo's back. Paul Skeens is here potentially. Like Bubba and Anthony are on the way up. Jared, I mean, it's just like you said, like the list. Now you're looking like, okay, 2025 could be a real opportunity here. Like we're yep. not playing around. That's what that does. It helps you for this year to at least talk about contending. But like when you look at this team next year, what the potential really is there for it, man. Yeah, oh, I mean, Bros and JT, like they still will be on the team next year too. Yeah, I mean, if you sign Jordan Montgomery, then all of a sudden you're not talking about being a last place team anymore. That's for sure. Like he 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 raises this team's floor significantly, right? I I'm, agree. Yeah, I don't know if he like all of a sudden turns them into uh, a division contender, but like he he you sign Jordan Montgomery and you are probably at least in the playoff conversation through. August at, at a minimum. Like you're, you're at least hanging, you're at least hanging around. I think it at least gives it, like you said, like I talked about like squinting, see the pitchers. Like you can squint at this team and say, I can see a playoff containing yeah. team. Like some things have to go right, obviously. Right. But like now you can start to actually see it. Um, but at any rate, it'll probably not be that. Uh, again, Michael Lorenzen, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now for the most part. So, like, Lorenzen makes a little bit of sense if you can get him um, on, on maybe a one-year or a two-year deal because I think he the, – the one thing that the Pirates are, are hopefully going to have, you know, around this midseason mark is they're going to have some reinforcements with their pitching staff, right? Right. Um, so, last year, Lorenzen pitched 153 innings. He, like I said, completely fell apart for the last you know, third of that. Um but maybe the Pirates don't need him to throw 153 innings, right? Like if you can say, hey, you know what, Jared, you know, so Jared, Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> if you can say, Jared hey, Michael Lorenzen, Lorenzen Jared <laughs> Lorenzen, whew, you know what? That's yeah, love it. That's a blast from the past. But uh, Michael Lorenzen, if you can, um, you know, if you can start for us for three months, hold down the fort and then move him to the bullpen. You know, that's that's one thing I think with Lorenzen, too, is like you can at least count on him to do both. Right, if you needed him to, that's that's and fair, the, yeah. And the money that you're going to give him isn't like so much that, like he he was he's going to be like detrimental to your team being in the bullpen. Um, I think that's that's something you could do. I just think relying on Lorenzen to go out there and, and give you like 30 starts probably not a good strategy because like he just hasn't shown he's been capable of doing that. But if you can go out there and get 18 starts, 19 starts, 20 starts out of Lorenzen. Um, and then say, all right, hey, it's bullpen time. That that could work. It's bullpen time. It's bullpen time for you. But I, I yep. yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with Lorenzen. Clevenger, on the other hand, um, I think there's just a lot more upside there, and I think they could really use like an upside pitcher because they've kind of gone this off season with just guys who who they're going to give you innings, but they're likely not going to be that good. Clevenger at least gives you the opportunity to like, like Clevenger can be good. Oh yeah. Like when Clevenger's on, he's, he's a good pitcher. Now I don't know if we're, we'll ever see like the early days, Mike, you know, like Mike Clevenger, but like Clevenger is capable of doing things that, that Lorenzen's not. That's absolutely fair. I think the thing about Lorenzen, you hit it on the nail, you know, I mean, he's pitched 97 innings. At most, and that was two years ago, right? So, like this off this year, he extended that a good bit. So, I guess what you're looking at is hopefully, like, so last year helped. He was able to build up a little bit, so maybe he won't break down as quickly this year. You know, like maybe that's a sense there because, like you said, like when when he was good, it was early on, and he was good. Like that's that's a Michael Lorenzo I love on this team, but he broke down. So it's like maybe he could pitch over 100, you know, 120 innings this year that you're good with. And like you said, and then you can decide later what you want to do with them. Um, but there's certainly some upside there. 
Uh, but yeah, like he's always Mike Clevenger. That guy was a dude. He was certainly a dude. It hasn't been the same since, but it hasn't like been awful either. It's not like last year was like abysmal. I mean, he still had like a three seven seven ERA. He would have been the Pirates' best fifth. pitcher last year. Like there you go. From a, from That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, like like he he's been down, but his down years like he's still a, he's still a pretty good pitcher. Right. Yeah. So. For him, you look in innings too, it's like 126. Of course, 2020 happened 41, 114, 131. So you can't like trust him to go out there and be like a dog for you. But again, like you're saying, you don't really need that because reinforcements are coming. So you can kind of like this team should be able to get kind of crafty in the second half of the season. Hopefully, not as crafty as they had to last year. But yeah, well, you know what I mean? Like being able to manage guys' innings shouldn't be a problem this year. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Yeah, I think they should have enough arms, like I said, because because they're they'll be getting people midway through the year. I mean, we you even mentioned like JT Brubaker is going to be back at some point this year. Uh, Mike Burrows is going to be back. Uh, you know, those are two names that we really haven't even talked about at all. So you get those two guys and you throw them in the mix with Jones and Skeens and um, you know, I don't think the other guys, Solomito, Chandler, I don't think any of those guys are going to be quite ready this year. But um, you're, you're going to have a handful of guys who should be capable of filling out that rotation. And you just got to, you know, at that point, you just pick the best, the best few. So, yeah, yeah, they, they need somebody to, to, to actually pitch the first half of the year, though. That is correct. So, yeah, there's some so names, yeah. I guess, on the free agent market. But like you're saying, like, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, it is really like those two. Or bust. It, it really is like because then you're getting into like I mean Zach Granke who like he's old. I love me some Zach Granke, but like he's old. He hasn't been all that. You know, last year he was he was not all that great. Um, no, you, you can count on him to pitch, right? Like he's he's durable, but he's not good. I'm not touching Domingo Herman like with a ten foot pole. Um, you know, and so then, then the next names you're getting down to are like, you know, Matt, Matt Boyd, Zach Davies, Jacob Junis has like a little bit of intrigue for me there, just because like he was yeah, really good. That. He was like he was pretty good last year out of the bullpen, threw a lot of innings, made a few starts, and like when he has started in the past, it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, it wasn't good. Like, so I think it's just like. If I'm bringing Junis in, I'm probably hoping he's a reliever uh, who who can start. Yeah, I, just there's just not a whole lot of upside with with really any of these guys at all. Like, not seeing it. Johnny Cueto, another name people are, are mentioning, but the same thing. Like he's he's also old, and he was terrible last year. <laughs> like, right. uh. And I love me some Johnny Cueto also. Yeah, he's just Big old. too old. He's just really old now. Like, I mean, there's just father time's the undefeated issue, against these guys. The issue with like those signings, like with what's left and such, is in a vacuum, they're not terrible with this team. It's just that this team didn't also get the Perez and get the Gonzalez. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you already have those guys, like to a degree. I mean, lesser degree with the ones we're talking about now, but like you already have those guys. Like if you went and got Zach Grinky and then said, Hey, we're going to go and get your name, whatever pitches already signed. Right. Then that makes sense. But like you already got Gonzalez. You already got Perez. So added a Zinky Grinky, adding a Zinky, adding a Grinky, adding a Cueto. Now, you know, those type of names and such this doesn't make sense. Cause it just keeps adding to the risk that you're, you know, you already have, you need something yeah. better. Yeah. Cause I mean, you as of right like now, 10 pitchers that 
probably right. aren't going to pitch well. And like they're running out of time. They've got two weeks basically to do this before pitchers and catchers report. Now you can sign guys after that. It's just, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be a little bit behind. Um, yeah. So they, they are, they are running out of time as of right now. Like if they don't do anything else, like you're probably looking at, you're probably looking at Ortiz, Ortiz, Priester, Falter, Contreras fighting over two spots. And it's like those four guys should be able to give you two, two spots, but I don't think you can trust any of them at this point. I think Ortiz is probably the guy I trust the most to like, okay, like if I have to choose one of these guys to be in the rotation, it's going to be Luis Ortiz. But I don't trust him all that much. Like, I I just think Ortiz's upside just kind of pushes him over the top there because we've seen Ortiz go out there and just shove, you know. Quinn's upside also but again like here's what we're, we're fighting on yeah that. yeah yeah right like, I mean, it's the true mid-off you know? yeah. oh oh yeah but like you want those four at the end of the day like I, I'm, I'm comfortable taking those four guys and saying okay the four of you battle it out best guy gets a rotation spot like i'm i'm completely content with giving that fifth spot to one of those guys but in order to do that they still kind of go out and get one more guy um, right and and like I said, there's not a whole lot of options remaining um, on the free agency market. Um, so so perhaps a trade is is something that they they go towards. And, you know, we can kind of talk about some some potential options there. But I, those are starting pitching free agents. I, what are you thinking, too? I mean, this team could could possibly use some additional position players as well. I yeah, I'm, I'm still not entirely sure what they're going to be doing in right field. And I think, too, you almost do. You, do you have to give yourself some sort of safety net at catcher? I'm, I'm still kind of going back to that where like what happens if Henry Davis can't catch? Like we're, we're not really talking about this because we're just like, we're just kind of like quietly praying that he can do it. But like, what, what if he can't, if he can't, you can't just roll out Jason delay and Ali Sanchez for 160 games. Well, you could. That you is could. a choice. <laughs> you could. So, like, do you do you maybe bring another catcher in to just kind of shore up that position? Hey, if if it doesn't happen, at least we've got this guy to fall back on. I don't know who that guy would be. <laughs> like, no. I, I mean, there's not a whole lot of catching options left out there. Um, but. Yeah, do you do you maybe look there? Do you you know, do we need to bring in that other outfielder? Do we need to bring in another first baseman because like I said there's there's still a few positions out there that could be that could be improved. I'm with you. This is what makes it very very interesting and like this whole entire offseason very interesting because mm-hmm. let's just start with a catcher position. Uh I'm 100% on board with what you're saying. Like I I feel like the model of what we talked about how last year should have been needs to happen where like you have to have three because Henry Davis can of course like DH right he I, I don't know how much you're like utilizing him as a right field position but like mm-hmm. they did last year you know like the thought was he could move around you could have others but like you want that third catcher there just for like that insurance type and also like think about depth right um and, and so like yeah like this year you're you're banking on him having to be a guy that it can at least do like 82 times a year because what you see in Jason delay is he's like a very capable backup. We feel, but like, I'm not ready to give Jason delay like hundred games of catching. Cause even like if, if, if Henry Davis is as bad as the potential of him being bad is you don't want him there 62 times a year. Like if he's that bad, yeah, you can't, you can't have him for 62. So like Jason Delay is going to be out there for a hundred plus, no. So I think you have to. And then again, like just think about that. Like so, if it is Jason Delay and Ali Sanchez, well then who's like where's the depth? Who else do you have there? You know, like Ali Sanchez, I feel like it like is best suited to be the depth. He is the depth. So if Henry mm-hmm. Davis doesn't work out, you're still comfortable. You're still good. Ali Sanchez is there in the wing. So if someone gets injured or whatnot, like you, you know, you're not just totally screwed. But I think the problem here, though, Jim, is doing a strategy like that. 
is you have about eight players that play right field first and DH. So like you're already carrying a roster like like they just this crunch that is here like someone has to get traded. I feel there has to be. I guess there doesn't have to be, but like it just makes sense. Like if you go that route, which makes sense. Like does Connor Joe get traded? Uh, you know what I mean? Like does the trade happen? This is also again just why like the Rowdy Telez signing just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, the Rowdy Telez signing makes sense if he's your first baseman. Like if they if they if he's sure. your first baseman, then it makes sense in that they got like the worst option available, right? <laughs> um, but. If they're going to go out there and get another first baseman, like there's, there's, you know, we've been hearing the chatter around Santana that there's interest with Santana. Like, if you're going to go out there and get Carlos Santana, then why did you get Rowdy Telez? Like, I don't, I don't understand that because, like you mentioned, there's already a plethora of guys who can't do anything else other than play one of those other, one of those positions. So, yeah, it's, I didn't like it at the time. I I don't really like it now because now it's like, if you I mean, yeah, signing Santana makes sense because he helps the, the team and he's a he's a better option than what they have. But then it's like, what do you even do with this roster? Then you've got, you've got, you've got Telez, Santana, McCutcheon, possibly Davis, Connor, Joe, Edward Olivares, who really can only do like one thing, and. How are you going to find room for all these guys on the team? So, right, yeah, I, I I don't know. And Palacios, Palacios too. Um, with you, and that's again, like that's the thing. Like, so if Henry Davis, you find out that he can't catch, he's added to that mix of how how where do you even get his bat into the lineup? Mm-hmm. It just can't be done because you have all these guys here. So that's why, like you're saying, like you're just you're really kind of just banking that Henry Davis has to catch this year. He just has to. Because if he yeah. doesn't, I don't know what's happening with this team. Yeah, so I guess if you're gonna, if we're gonna talk about the catcher position, and you're gonna get one more option, the you know the names out there. There's Gary Sanchez is out there. He's he's probably the best you know offensive option. He's not not mm-hmm. that great of a catcher anymore. Um, Manny Pena is intriguing just because like he's he's older, but he's he's put together a pretty solid major league career as a backup catcher. Like he's He's never really been terrible. He's just he's he's been pretty he's been pretty okay his whole career, but he's you know 37 years old. Uh Yasmani Grandal also out there, but he is coming off some some pretty rough rough times. Yeah. Um, but but again, a guy who can play defense and like I'm cool with Grandal being a catcher for like 80 times. If you have to throw him out there, He's he's at least shown that he's capable of doing the job, right? Uh, so just there's there's not a whole lot of names there. Zanino, Kurt Casale, Kurt Casale is also probably a pretty capable backup. He's catcher one that kind of intrigues me the most is that that fit. again, yeah, like someone who's never been awful. Like he's always been a, a perfectly capable backup catcher for his entire career. Uh, so. Yeah, there's there are names out there that they could go after. The only thing is with it, with these guys, like these are probably major league contract guys, so you also mm-hmm. need that roster spot. So, you know, I I think Ali Sanchez. I don't know if he clears waivers or not with how many teams need catching. You know, so so you know if you waive Ali Sanchez and he gets claimed, then you're kind of back in the same spot where you just have two other catchers. So, uh, it, yeah, I'm curious to see what they do there. I have a feeling they're just going to gamble and, and with what they got. I don't I don't think they're going to address any other needs there at that position. Um what I'd really like to see them do though is go out there and find uh another outfielder. Like find either a left-handed bat in the corner or a legit center fielder so that you can then move Sawinski over to right. I think that's the move that we're still waiting on. Um, and, and there are plenty of names there that fit either of those two things, right? Like they could go out there and they could, they could sign. There's a plethora of people out there to get um, Michael A. Taylor, I think being, being my personal favorite, just because I think it just helps this roster a lot um, because he can do things that no one else on this team can do. Like 
he would he, he would be the best defensive outfielder on the team and he puts people in a better position to succeed than they are right now right i have no argument with that even bringing up michael taylor for for quite some time um he's still available others aren't so like it, and now it even makes more sense because of your options that remain but i think i think the idea though right of adding a center fielder makes a ton of sense just because like, is, is there really a true center field on the team? No, like Jack Swinski's playing it and you can argue that it's not terrible. It's kind of like we were talking about with Brian Reynolds. I mean, it, it was, it was passable. Like Brian Reynolds as a center fielder is, is good because the bats so well that he becomes a top, you know, center fielder because the defense is passable. Now you might argue like Jack Swinski's bats, not of course at Brian Reynolds level. So does he need to be a center field in that sense? Um, putting him in the right field where he actually was very positive, you know, metrically state speaking um, coming up, which again, like we, we wonder, that's what was funny. Like coming up to the minors, he wasn't known for the defense at all, but you know, his rookie season, he came up and he played right field very, very well, actually. So like sticking him back in the corner makes him a better player because he's in a better you know situation defensively. Michael Taylor's out there in center field doing his thing. You don't have to worry about that. And then you have, you know, Reynolds and left. So like the outfield now defensively looks better. And what's that do that helps out your pitching that you're looking kind of suspect at, right? So it helps in that yep. sense. But like what's funny about this is now what you're doing is you're adding Jack Swinski to that plethora of players of what do you do? You know, so like it's just funny that it does make the team better, but now you're looking at these guys and it's like, okay, so then when does John Arco, Connor Joe get in? When does you just go down the list? Like how, how and what how do you find time and, and whatnot for these guys? So I think it ultimately makes the team better and you just figure that out. But uh, that's that's kind of where you're at. Yeah. Real quick, I'll, I'll, I want to touch on that right field situation. But uh, real fast, today's show is sponsored by Chris Gates Fitness. Chris is a friend of the show and he's an online fitness coach from Pittsburgh. In addition to being a massive Pittsburgh sports fan, he works with people all over town and all over the world to build muscle, burn fat, and improve their health and fitness. In fact, Chris and I have been working together uh, and I've been able to, to make a pretty impressive transformation just to just knocked out a workout late last night, so a little sore this morning. Uh, but if you're interested in jumpstarting your fitness journey, make sure you're on Chris's mailing list. When you sign up, you'll get a free 21-day training program, a free guide to sustainable dieting, and a free high-protein, low-calorie tailgating cookbook. With those freebies, you'll be able to figure out the best and most sustainable way to manage your diet and exercise plan. Visit chrisgatesfitness.com newsletter to sign up. Chris also sends out free content every single week to his mailing list, whether it be new articles, YouTube videos, podcast episodes, and more. That's chrisgatesfitness.com slash newsletter to sign up. Um, but I want to I want to get back to the right field situation because you said that, you know, adding it, you know, Swinsky kind of gets just at, gets added to the mix, right? I think I think Edward Olivares is on this team, like no matter what. Like he's mm -hmm. he's someone who needs to be on this team. Um you signed Michael A. Taylor, right? And you've got Reynolds. Taylor, Swinsky, Oliveris. Palacios then becomes triple A depth. Connor Joe is your left is your platoon option at first base, right? With uh, with Rowdy Telez. Uh Kutch is your is your pretty standard DH. Um yeah, I think uh, I think the there's enough that right there. You give me Swinsky, Taylor, Reynolds. With Oliveris as a fourth outfielder option, with Connor Joe that you can sprinkle in there, outfield is outfield is in good shape. I'm actually really high on Jack Swinski this year. Like we haven't talked about Jack Swinski at all. I'm excited to see Jack Swinski in 2024. I'll say excited's uh, a good word because. I think Jack Swinski being good, right, is something this team needs. I don't know if I'm here to say like he's bad, but what I'm trying to say is we, if you've listened to us talk about Jack Swinski, you know how we feel about him. You look at the numbers, and the numbers all look well, just more consistency, more, you know, all this other stuff. I'm not saying he can't do it. Like, I'm excited to see what the season is because, again, like it is going to be like his third year. It's like, what is Jack Swinski? You know, finding out that information, what is Jack Swinsky is kind of exciting. Uh, I'm just not ready to bank on it. That's all. I'm not ready to bank but, on it, but but okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like a hot take right now that Jack Swinsky 
is better than Brian Reynolds. We're going to be talking about a Jack Sawinski. Like we're going to be like this next off season, we've got to lock up Jack Sawinski. <laughs> that's that's how far I'm 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 willing to go here. 2.8 war last year. Reynolds 2.3 war last year. So like Sawinski had better actual numbers last year than Brian Reynolds. And I think this year Jack Sawinski hits 30 home runs. And he hits, he's, he, he's an over three war player. I'm not ready to come back on this mic yet. You just need to carry the show because what I just heard is so egregious. So yeah, no, we're going to be talking about, Hey, we need to lock up Swinsky long-term. Uh, this isn't Jim. You're <laughs> there's another name I want to throw around here, but this ain't Jim. Um, Really? I mean, really? Yeah, I'm saying really, really. Jim. Yeah, Jack Swinsky. He's going to be the best. He's going to be the best offensive player on this team. Not named Daniel Cruz. <laughs> I mean, I look at this and I'm just like, how bad is Brian Reynolds going to be? Like, uh, what, what curse are you putting on this? Like, is Brian Reynolds going to be a terrible player this year that Jack Swinsky ends up being better than him? Is that is that what's going to happen here? No, I'm not ready year. to do that, Jim. This I'm not ready here to stamp that. This is the year Swinsky. Jack Swinsky's better than Brian Reynolds. Swinsky hits 250, OBP over 350, slugging almost 500. We're talking you about eight. Really? You really are trying to get this one, prime Juan Soto <laughs> thing there, We're, aren't you? Yeah, prime Juan Soto, Jack Swinsky coming, <laughs> coming to PNC Park. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, now that hot take is done, can we get back to talking, you know, normal? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see Jack Swinski this year. I'm excited for Jack Swinski. Yeah. You know what? I'm super excited for him. Clearly. No, I'm excited. Again, I really want to find out more like what Jack Swinski is. And just for the shits and giggles, I'm excited what this year's weirdness is going to be from him also. So we can talk about that all year long. But um, yeah, no, the, the weird the weird thing about Swinsky is that he's going to be an MVP candidate. That's the weird thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Every day but Saturdays. <laughs> Saturdays are god awful. Every other day, he is well, prime Juan Soto. Yeah, and you hey, bring in six out of seven days. That's what you bring in Oliveris for, right? <laughs> He's the Saturday player. <laughs> yeah. He's our Saturday Saturday specialist. <laughs> Love it. But uh, no, I was going to say, back to your point. Yes, like that outfield, outfield is something that you can look at and say, okay. You know what I mean? Because like Oliveris just can't play defense. So you put him as a fourth outfielder. Of course, the bat should play. That's what you're kind of banking on with him uh, being here for. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good outfield. That's a good outfield. So Michael A. Taylor makes a ton of sense. I certainly would like that signing for the Pirates. Um, but I guess, and again, like again, that's what's funny. Like if Henry Davis doesn't work out a catcher, like that's just the problem. Like again, Henry Davis yeah. has to. He has to. And if you're getting a third catcher, you really can't afford to get like a Michael A. Taylor here as well, because like the roster crunches that present themselves. Because if you get like a Kirk Casale or someone else, then you're also looking probably get a Michael A. Taylor as well. Gonna move some guys because if Henry Davis doesn't work out, like there's just nowhere for him to play because you're not moving Kutch off DH. I mean, if Henry Davis is hitting, you've got to find somewhere for him. Sure, like but at the end, like if the bat, if the bat has to be in the lineup, then you've got to put him in the lineup. It's just a matter of where where it's going to be. Yeah, so someone has to get traded then. Yeah, probably Connor Joe's gone. So, like, when we're talking about trades, I think Connor, Connor Joe, Joe really good. hopes Henry Davis can catch. So, I think Connor Joe is just, like, the name where he's someone who teams would probably like to have, right? He can play first base. He can play corner outfield. He can do both things somewhat pretty capable, right? He can hit. He can get on base. He's not He's not great by any means, but, like, Connor Joe is a pretty good 
fourth outfielder. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of teams would like to have no doubt. Connor Joe. Um, so so you got to think. All right, this is a piece the teams would like to have. So then you start thinking, okay, what teams could use Connor Joe? What teams have starting pitching? You know, excess starting pitching that they could could move around, uh, and. And you know the the team that jumps out, I think, more than anybody are are the Marlins, right? Like they've just got arms growing out of their their minor league system. It's like they've got ar- an arm tree down there that they just you know they just they just pick pitchers from, and you know, boom, they've got starting pitchers. So um, they've got a lot of guys. You know, you could you could say you could you could go the Cabrera route. Um, you could either go even go the super cheap route. And I've said his name a few times, but I'm I'm dead serious. Like they could go out there and they could get Brian Hoeing, and he probably wouldn't cost a whole lot. And oh my you could God, at least Jim. you could throw him in the mix there for those for that last spot. Um, yeah, that's also an option. Yeah, not a great option, but no, um, don't do that. It does though. Put Louisville battery back together if Henry Davis can catch. If Henry Davis can catch, yeah, and if Hoeing can pitch. In a starter's role, so you've got um, you've got a few options there with Miami, and even like Trevor Rogers, like I, I have a feeling they'd probably consider that as well. Um, the Mariners, another one where now we're seeing that they're in on Dylan Cease, um, so maybe that means that, you know some of their younger arms. If if a trade happens there, some of their young, younger arms would be going over to Chicago. But we're also hearing the White Sox asking price for Cease's through the roof right so right i'm not sure if something's going to happen there which means the mariners have some some arms to to deal uh some young arms that are kind of interesting as well so you know if you if you're looking like woo and kirby um uh, miller so they've got some arms there i don't think you know, some of those arms i think are untouchable <laughs> on on the mariners but they're certainly i think willing to deal um someone like brian woo or or Bryce Miller, um, if you can if you can give them something that they need, which you know they they need they need a corner infielder, they need a second baseman, they could probably use a, an additional you know fourth outfielder as well. So like you've you've got maybe some things that they want. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much value someone like Triolo would have, right? Uh, I don't know. I think Connor Joe has value. Um, like, could you could you potentially get Brian Wu from the Mariners? Like, that would be something I would be on board for. I think you'd have to give up something somewhat significant to get him. Like, I don't think you're just getting Brian Wu in a trade. Um, but I think out of all the arms that they have, he's probably the one they're most likely to deal. Um so I think that's that's probably who I would target if I'm looking at the Mariners. That makes a lot of sense. And what I think is kind of cool about these two, you know, teams that are looking to to potentially trade with, right, for starting pitching, is both teams could use like major league talent. So you're not really like burning through your prospects entirely, right? I mean, of course, we're you're gonna have to give up prospects, but it's not as if you have to just go and, and give up like the farm for these guys. Like you can actually give them something they need right now. It helps them today, which like, again, like a Connor Joe does fit, right? Like he's not, not the sexiest bat, right? It's not like this impact player right away, but it's certainly a guy that every team can, can use, um, especially those two, the flexibility helps. Right. But also mm-hmm. he's cheap and both of those teams kind of need that right now. You know, I mean, again, he's, he's going to enter our next year in 2025, right? Comes a free agent in 2028. It's like he has control. Like he's a good player, a good enough player who's cheap that both teams would have an interest in, you know, having that type of guy. And then you throw in some prospects as well. So I think it could like it's a guy that kind of becomes expendable because of the moves you made, right? Connor Joe. I would mm-hmm. like to have Connor Joe as a pirate, but it becomes expendable. If I can get a, a pitcher that you're talking of, I can lose a Connor Joe to do that, right? So I think it helps lighten the future that you have to give away also by including a Connor Joe as well. So, uh, yeah, both of those teams make sense. And I think like a Trevor Rogers probably makes the most sense. I'm not the biggest Trevor Rogers and Jim, you know, this personally, I've never been like really, really high on Trevor Rogers, but that's, that's a guy who's in the rotation for the pirates right now. And he's in the rotation. Like you don't have to really worry about him. His yeah. ceiling might be limited and we can, you know, 
differ on that per se, but he is absolutely there. And I think he's better than the four guys that you mentioned already. So he's your number four. And now you have the four guys battling out for five. And, you know, again, the, the rotation you feel more comfortable with. It's still not where it could be with like a Jordan Montgomery, but like you're not going that route. You're not looking to spend all that type of money. You trade some things to get it. You get a Trevor Rogers who like at worst is your fourth, but he does have the upside to be better. I would, uh, I would take Trevor Rogers. Yeah. Like yeah. He'd be, he'd be your number four and yeah, he, he would have the upside to be your number two. Right. Like he's, you saw what he did in 2021. I don't, it's still, TBD on if if he's more of a 2021 guy or if he's a 2022 guy, he's probably more likely in between there. But you know, if you split the difference on on those two years, then you know you've got yourself a a back end starter. Yep, with control. And I was just gonna say, and who's yeah. who's here throughout as well. So like, yeah, it's not Jordan Montgomery, but like the same things arrive like he is part of this future also so it helps you out this year which you mm -hmm. need it but then like now next year you have all these arms and it gives you a lot of options and again like we know injuries happen so you're putting yourself in a much more safer position going forward also yeah now the marlins are the marlins have said you know they they want bats so you know, said connor joe would definitely be involved i'm sure um but you probably got to give him something else too uh and you know, we did just we did just make this bullpen a strength. So maybe you pluck someone from that bullpen. So you got to think like this. This the, you would think like the ideal trade that you could put together for for someone capable is like a Connor Joe Colin Holderman deal. Like there's value in both of those two players. Like those are two mm -hmm. players that teams want. So are you able to package Connor Joe and Colin Holderman together? And what can that what can that bring you back? Because I think I think that's that's like your most likely way of getting someone capable in this rotation. Connor Joe, Colin Holderman for somebody. Maybe you throw in like a, a a flyer prospect in there too, just to kind of sweeten the deal. But I think those are your two names that that you're you're shopping around and seeing what you can get for them. Maybe. I know you don't want to take that Holderman out of the the bullpen, but by signing Chapman, like you, you did get a nice arm there, so you you could deal from there if you needed to. And Connor Joe just makes sense because we talked about the just kind of everybody in the same position. Like he's he's your most expendable guy there. Yeah, I know. It, it's just one of those things where, like, if that were to happen, I'm not going to come on here and and complain. Right. I'm not. I just don't like it. Like the reason I like the Chapman signing, it makes sense because you made something a real strength. So now to take away from that, to make it good enough to try to get another thing to be hopefully good enough. It's just like, yeah, it's like, what, would you rather have a you know, strength like, and a weakness yeah. or, or two things that are, well, I guess that, but I guess where know? I'm at is just like, just pony up the damn money and go get Jordan Montgomery and then they, they call it a day. You know, like that's what you could have yeah. just done. Oh, absolutely. Um, but like you're trading away things that just, like, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Again, it's not terrible. Trade. Yeah. It's not, it's not terrible. It's just like you, you had a real strength and you could have also not given up on the rotation to get it. You know, like mm -hmm. you could have two things. You could have an adequate rotation and the strength of a bullpen. So again, like I don't hate what you're saying, and what it does as well is it keeps your prospects here, you know, so you're not mortgaging the future. Because you make a really good point. You made that point last week or the week before that, even I forget when. But it's like you know, because of the situation the Pirates have put themselves into, do you really want to give up your future for this year? You know, like I think the way you put it was, do you want to really give up prospects, right, your future to make yourself a 76 team to a 79 win team? Like, is that really worth it? It's really not. So, like, I get like what this does is like you're giving up a Connor Joe, you're giving a Holderman, and it's not really like taking away so much from, like for your future. Like that's still kind of protected, and then you're still getting guys today, and again, still become part of your future. Um, but I just like I would just much rather have like Michael Lorenzen. That's, I mean, that that's that, and that's your art. That, that's basically like, what do you do here, right? Like, do you sign yeah. a Michael Lorenzen who? 
can 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 probably give you some starts. You don't lose anything other than ten million dollars, right? Uh, or do you get somebody with more upside than Michael Lorenzen, but you're taking away from other parts of your team? So I mean, you got to right. kind of balance that out. And and again, I think the Pirates have just kind of put themselves in this situation where they're at right now that they got to choose one or the other. You got to hope that they've got the money to pony up and that there's a free agent that wants to come here. Yeah, signing Montgomery is the ideal situation. I just mm-hmm. I don't know if we're I don't know if we're there. And if you're no, not I'm there, you. if you're not there, then the best way to get a Jordan Montgomery type arm is to trade. And and you're gonna have to trade from you're gonna have to when when you get a Jordan Montgomery type arm, you've gotta you've got to give up something that's that's valuable. And the one spot that they have valuable players in that they probably could afford to give up. Is is in that bullpen? You're just lucky I didn't say the guy who I think they're going to trade. Well, no, I, I know, <laughs> and you can't do that for a Trevor Rogers. It has to be better, but that's something to consider. But yeah, yeah, I think the best way to put it is like there's not a wrong answer. There's a preference, and I think it's my preference is I would much rather keep the bullpen intact the way it is. That's their strength, whatever. And I feel like if you add a Michael Lorenzen, you can find ways to get creative to put your starters in better positions to make them better um, and then roll out that way opposed to getting Trevor Rogers and then weakening that bullpen back to like where, where it was. Cause then again, like Chapman's gone to next year. So you have to hope guys do become like, like the Majinskis do become what you hope and such. And that way, like your future bullpen isn't yeah. back to where it is. So that's all. That's all. I would just much rather, I think, go get Michael Lorenzen, keep Holderman and Joe, or maybe use Joe as like something else, right? Um, But yeah, I guess that's just where I'm at. All right. So before we go, we've been on here almost an hour. Yeah, let's get out of here. What's um, your GM? You've got two weeks. What are you doing? Signing Jordan Montgomery. (laughs) Let's say Montgomery's not an option. You don't have the budget. You you don't have the theoretical budget. Damn Montgomery. it, Bob. <laughs> Bob Nutting says no. Bob Nutting says no, you can't go out there and spend I'm demanding a trade. <laughs> trade me to another team. <laughs> All right. So Jordan Montgomery says no. What am I doing? I'm signing Michael A. Taylor. Okay. I'm definitely doing that. Because I like I like everything that that brings and presents itself, right? Um so Palacios. There's your, your roster move, right? Palacios off the team. They still have to make a roster move for Chapman, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but go on. Damn. This, this is tough. Because like, I said, just said I'd much rather have, you know, like Lorenzen opposed to, or Clevenger, my bad. Like one of the two, I guess. I keep saying Lorenzen because he's been on my mind. Um, like a a trade makes sense. I just don't know the the level. I don't know, man. Um, Michael A. Taylor is, I think number one on my team, all that, because I think there's so many other ways to work. Taylor just makes the perfect sense. That's happening. I would probably explore the options of, like I said, like Clevenger or Lorenzen get them on here so that way I can maybe try to find out a trade and see what level to add keep adding to the starting pitching. Um I guess the answer I'm signing Michael A. Taylor and then one of Clevenger or Lorenzen. And then I'm I'm gonna fill out trade scenarios just to to see what's out there. What, what can I how can I recruit maybe even sound weird but flood the, the farm some more. Like we've traded Connor Joe for some prospects, yeah. something, I don't know. So that way the deadline, you have more capital to trade for what you might need or something. That, that's all. I think if I'm, if I'm in this current position and I can't sign Bellinger or Montgomery, um, I'm signing Mike Light Taylor. I'm with you. And then I'm signing Carlos Santana. And then I'm trading Connor Joe and Colin Holderman for the best starting pitching pitcher I can find. Like that's fair. That's 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 how I'm completing the offseason. 
I'm going Connor Joe and Colin Holderman for the best pitcher I can get. And maybe that's maybe that's uh maybe that's Trevor Rogers, maybe that's Edward Cabrera, maybe that's Wu, maybe that's Emerson Hancock. I don't know, right? But I'm I'm trading those two guys for the best starting pitcher I can find. And I'm throwing in, you know, a, a prospect if I need to just for for some value. Not can you throw in Rowdy Johnson just for some value too? No, I'm not. I'm not throwing in like a Tamar Johnson level guy, but I'm throwing in someone else just to kind of maximize my value there. Um, and then yeah, those are my three moves: Michael A. Taylor, Carlos Santana, and then I'm trading Joe and Holderman for the best starting pitcher I can find. Right. All right. Well, there you go. I like it. Let's answer this quick question from Dave because I think it'd be quick. He does ask: Do they? trade Ortiz and Rowanzi or are they part of the 24 team? Um, I don't think they trade Ortiz. I think we've talked about this a little bit at length, but I think obviously Rowanzi is, is an option because speaking of options, he doesn't have any uh, and we don't know what he is. So like, I, I think there's a scenario that he could be traded again. Like, I don't know who's trading for him though. Yeah. I think um, I'm not trading Ortiz because I, I think, like, oh, I think Ortiz is in the rotation. Like, if I'm the Pirates right now, Luis Ortiz is my number five guy if I'm getting that one other pitcher. Um, but Rowanzi, yeah, the no options kind of scares you because if you don't think he can be a reliever, then you're just you're just cutting bait there, right? Um, if you're going to trade Contreras, you probably need to trade him to a bad team. <laughs> like, I, I think... I think if a bad team would be like, okay, you know what? We are willing to sacrifice a 26 man roster spot for this guy just to see what happens. Right. So then you're, you're, you know, that gives you Oakland, Washington, Colorado, you know, those, those types of guys. Um, I mean, he is I, the quintessential low risk, high reward trade. Piece. Oh, yeah. Like if you like oh, yeah. say, if you're a bad team, you're, you're trying to get Rowanzi because you're probably not giving up much to get him. Yeah. And if, if I'm a, if I'm a him, bad team, yeah. If I'm a bad team, I'm taking him all day. Like if I have no yeah. aspirations for 2024, give me Rowanzi. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick him out there and see if there's anything left in him. So he he's attractive to I think some some people. I could definitely see a trade happening there. I just again I don't know what the I don't know what the market would be like. Like I don't know if you're getting anything in return for Rowanzi Contreras that's really helping you out in 2024. So you you might as well just like screw it. Let's see if we can get something out of him. Uh, unless he unless legit. someone's going to address one of your needs, you know. Right. I was say, like, he legit is a DFA candidate. Oh, yeah. That's where you're at with him. So I think what you're alluding to is, do you want to recoup any type of value from him opposed to just losing him? Yep. Because if he's not starter material, it's going to that bullpen. And if he finds out he's not bullpen material either, he's that's nowhere for him to go. He's being DFA'd. Nola says row for Prado. Um, I don't know if the Royals would do that. Um, I don't know if the Royals are a bad enough team to take on Rohanzi either. Like if we're if we're being honest, um, but I, I think that makes sense for them though. Like they're not there yet. Like what the Royals are doing seems like what the Pirates have done last year. Like they're they're building now to prep for the future. So I feel like they could fit in a row for today. To find out if he's part of that future, that's true. not. He, he at least fits into their bullpen with him. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he at least fits into their bullpen. Um, Prado, I don't even think is going to be on their team because of because uh, Pasquantino is going to be back. So, um, you know, what? I mean, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. I would, I would give Prado an opportunity because you sign you sign Prado, and he's kind of like your you give him and and San, and and. You give him and Telez, you know, kind of split time there at first. I'd be down for that. I don't know if that's a possibility, but yeah. If if that was offered to me today, I would take it. This is where we've come with Ro. He had an entire day. (laughs) (laughs) He he had Rowan's day. And we're contemplating trading him for Nick Prada. I think there's still something there with Prado too. Like I'm, I'm sure. not ready to give up on him. And you're hoping that Kansas City thinks the same thing about Rowanzi, right? 
And again, that's where we're at. Although Prado was terrible and limited time in the Pacific Coast. Awful. League. Actually, no. Actually, Omaha, Omaha's in the in the in the International League. Never mind. Doesn't they matter. Moved. He was yeah. awful. He was bad. <laughs> he was bad. Could have been on the the Jupiter League. He was awful. <laughs> he also he struck out forty percent of the time last year in the majors. It's a little rough. Yeah, I don't. I don't really believe too much in the Prado, but again, that's where we're at. Yeah. So let's get out of here because we were ending this on a good move. Oh, you know what? Let's go back. Let's rewind. Talk to us about, let's end this. Tell us about Jack Sawinski being an MVP this year. Yeah. Jack Sawinski. You know what? I yeah, Earlier in the episode, I said over three war, over four war, four war season. Jack Sawinski coming up, coming in. You know, what? we got more uh, time. Let's get the jacket up to five war. Screw it. Talk if, Jack Sawinski, <laughs> if Jack Sawinski can put up a five-win season this year, Pirates are going to the playoffs. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's happening. All right. Let's go. This, this is getting off the rails. Let's get out of here. Thank you for watching. We'll be back again. Not a whole lot this week. It's kind of short on content. We'll be back for NS9 Live. Uh, Tyler and I, you're going to be away. And then uh, Neil and Doug go to the movies again. That's pretty much it this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the the movies. I've got a flight later today. Uh, the movie that we're they're watching is Hot Fuzz, and I've never seen it, so I'm going to watch it on the plane tonight. There you go. Look at you being such a good team member. Yep. All right, we're out of here. Thanks for watching. We'll see y'all later. Bye bye. See you all. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.